0: To do. But the truth of the matter is, biblical ethics is actually primarily character driven. And so it gives us an opportunity to ask who am I in Christ? Where am I going? How am I going to get there? What does God do in my life that enables me to behave ethically? It also teaches us to ask questions like um, what projects should I tackle given who I am, my history, my experience? And how can I get people to come along with me because there are very few great things we can do by ourselves? Ethics also teaches us how to see the world God's way. One of the great problems is that we we have one perspective on issues, and we forget that people in the past or in other lands, people with very different experiences, have views that are quite different from our own. We also fall into the pattern of adopting the dominant mindset of our age. We'll talk about that at length in this class, but what we want to do is see the world through God's eyes as much as possible and ethics helps us do
1: that. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers, and we're going to be wrestling today with the idea of the antinomianism that has crept into the church. That means that means the that the view that the Christian is free from any obligations to the word of God, to the law of God, those things that make them uncomfortable, those things that, you know, just they don't want to do, and the eleventh commandment gospel is built on that. Okay, the antinomianism is is anti anti meaning against nomian meaning law ism is mean the thought life the pattern it's an ism it's a it's it's a ideology that's out there. Okay, there is a theonomy. Okay, that we that that is driving ethics of Christianity, which means that theonomy, theo God is law or God's divine word is over. Everyone and everything and so we're going to be we're going to be destroying the 11th commandment mindset That doesn't that that says I'm free grace makes me free from everything, okay? Grace makes you free from all the laws of God God you know, they're too they're too uncomfortable They're too restrictive, you know, and so I can do anything. I can feel anyone. They they like the autonomous um, Lifestyle autonomous means I'm a law to myself Okay autonomy the 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 nomia is is the law okay meaning governing meaning you know so they like the autonomous they want to rule themselves you know they don't they 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 accept the the anti um, nomian thinking from the eleventh commandment preacher because it frees them from any the obligation to focus in on ethics those things that are right those things that that the theonomy of god god's law that, that, that must be reverenced and must be acknowledged and must be lived out is, is important to them. They, they, they don't want that. They, they can't stand that. The theonomy, they don't want theonomy. They like, they like autonomous living. They like to live as a law to themselves. And so they adopt the theology of antinomianism that means that, you know what, we're free from obligations and we're released from observing the laws of God. And so this has crept into the church. That's why you have so much loose living, so much crazy stuff going on. That's why you have gender confusion that's accepted. The world can have all those things. Those that's not a biblical worldview. But now the church has accepted many of the immoralities that the world that that years ago were not accepted. But now they have found a theology of the 11th commandment preacher or the 11th commandment Christian or the 11th commandment um, mindset that says we just have to be nice and it's you know. And God is love, and therefore, you know, therefore, we got to love everybody, and everybody's accepted, and and the church just has to accept the fact of uh, same-sex marriage, homosexuality, LGBTQ, and all those armies of of um, of antinomianism thinking. Um, they take root in in the life of many many Christians because of the fact that they're divorced from the obligation of observing the laws of God, and that that. That drives the 11th commandment mindset that, you know what, let's just be nice. It's not nice to tell somebody they're not going to make it to him. It's not nice to tell somebody that, you know, there's a narrow road and there's a there's a wide gate. You better choose the narrow road with the narrow path with the few that find it. And hard is the way, okay, of the narrow path. They don't want a hard gospel. They don't want those things because they are autonomous. They live their law to themselves. Auto meaning self Okay they want to be a law to themselves they're God to themselves and and we are reestablishing a theonomy that God's law governs us okay and drives our behaviors which is ethics what are ethics the moral principle that govern a person or group of behaviors judeo-christian ethics meaning all life is ethical that is our thing all life is ethical everything we do is driven by God's law theonomy therefore all everything is ethical we have a behavior pattern we have a we have a standard that we do things by and all ethical judgments require a dependable standard of right and wrong and Jesus is our dependable standard he's infallible he's he's perfect he's 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 the he's the incarnate christ he's god becoming man he's he's perfect in every way uh, Bill Johnson calls him perfect theology and that and I wholeheartedly agree with the perfection of his Theology that he is the express image of the invisible God that if you've seen Jesus You've seen the father and so I want to quickly draw to our standard What is our standard that drives our ethics? Well, you look real quick in 1st Corinthians 1st Colossians chapter uh, 1 Verse uh, 15 He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, invisible, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And he is the head of the church, the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in in all things he may have preeminence. So, again, here is our standard. What is our standard? That he made all things. So, creation. Creation runs through him. Okay? All science runs through God. I don't know what the science is. No, no. We're making up our own No, you're not. A, that, No, no. We 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 go by our standard. Our standard is Jesus. He was before all things. He created all things, both invisible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities, powers, rule. Again, because God said that He is our standard. He's the standard of right and wrong, of morality, of all morality. He is the standard of right and wrong. Okay, so you cannot live autonomously where you are law to yourselves. You have to get out of the ant- antinomious thinking that you're anti-reverencing the laws of God. If you're a Christian, you better pay attention to the laws of God. Because the theonomy that drives all Christian ethics is that God's God's ideas, God's word is perfect to drive all behaviors in righteousness and peace and love. That we are governed by God's word and God's law so again when we start looking at when we start looking at christian behavior we are looking at a theonomy okay the 11th commandment the 11th commandment people that allow all kinds of all kinds of crazy things in okay and do not and do not acknowledge do not acknowledge the moral laws of god it's because they sweep everything under grace this antinomianism Relating to the view that Christians are released from the obligation observing the moral law. So grace covers it all. Years ago, they, uh, the Baptists came out with the, the ideas, they began to push the LGBTQ movement, the homosexual movement in the Southern Baptist movement. This is given to me by good sources. They had a, they had a conference called A Space for Grace. What is that? That if you are feeling a certain way, if you are, if you are, you know, struggling with your identity, and well, then we got to make a space for you. So there's grace for your, for your weaknesses. There's grace for your, for your depravity. There's grace for your issues. They didn't say there was transformation. They didn't say there was deliverance. They didn't say that those are biblical, ethical, uh, theonomy uh, um, uh, perspectives. So when you and I start looking at, at ethics, what we have to start looking at is theonomy. God's governing over our lives. okay okay Theonomy is the hypothetical form of government in which the society is ruled by a divine law. When Moses came down, when Moses came down uh, Mount Sinai with the, with the tablets, he was coming down with divine law. he was coming down with theonomy okay when Christ and the Word became flesh. He was a theon- theonomy of God. He was, he was the theonomy of God when he was preaching the Beatitudes. On Matthew chapter 5, if you look at all the quotes from Deuteronomy, it was, was kind of like the, the New Testament or the, the Ten Commandments coming to life right in front of him. That was a theonomy. How to behave, how to walk, how to talk, how to deal with people, how to deal with society, how to deal with all the cultural issues. Read Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7. Read those. In that mindset of a theonomy, that it is it is the divine. Theonomists hold that that divine, including judicial law of the Old Testament, should be observed through mo- through and by modern society. In other words, if it worked at the governance of God, work then and it'll work now. Okay. Fundamental to the position taken here is the conviction that God, God's special revelation, His written word, is necessary as the objective standard of moral or morality for God's people so again God's word drives our morality which which again what drives morality your ethics your ethics the things you believe the things that you've been taught why do you think they want to get rid of the Bible so bad why why do you think that they and and, and you know this antinomianism uh, I'm going to show you this at the end so it'll stick in your mind as we move forward okay? That they don't want you observing any laws, they don't want you observing anything, and they and they become very, very creative. Okay, very, very creative with reformed thinking. Okay, if you look at Matthew chapter 7, again, we're going to look at we're going to look at um the theonomy. Jesus Jesus brought in the theonomy of God. He brought in God's rule. He says this, Therefore, whoever hears my sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does and does not do them will be like a foolish man that blew and um, man, that, that when the wind blew and beat upon the house, it fell and great was the fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended the sayings, the people were astonished at his teachings for he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. So again, Jesus gives you two world views, one that is solid, a rock. He's our standard, okay? Look this is important for you to, to wrap your mind around because we don't have this Tota Scriptura mentality anymore and we need to get a hold of it. that Everything in the scripture, okay, it means something. Okay, it means something. There's a value to it. There's a there's a teaching in it. Even in the Old Testament, the laws that the laws that that are no longer what we would call applicable because of the sacrifice of Christ. We get all that. But still, there are lessons to learn, there's principles to learn, there's things that we stand by, things that we live by, purity. There's law, there's there's principles of purity and holiness and and um what we will call uh, protocols of of. The kingdom can be learned from Old Testament practices, okay? It's not saying you have to do the practice, but you have to learn the lessons that those practices were exuding, okay? So there's two worldviews. Jesus says, that, therefore, whoever hears my sayings of mine and does them, boom, and does them. You say, why don't you believe in evolution? Because th- that's, that's sand, why don't you believe in the gender, um, all the genders and the, the Z and the X and the Y and whatever genders they're making up? I you know, the transgender movement. Why don't you believe that? Because that's sand. That's sand. That's sand. You want me to build on sand. You want me to build my life on sand. The LGBTQ community is built on sand. It's not built on, it's not built on solid rock. Okay? I'm not going to get into all these ethical things, but the church has accepted much sand in their teaching. It's not rock. You can't build your life on that stuff. You can't build your life on that's not nice. You can't build your, your life on, well, I you know I just want to be accepted by them. Jesus lays it out perfect for you. That's Matthew 7, 24 through 29. Whoever hears these words... Uh, here's these sayings of mine and does them I will like him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended the floods came in and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock that's our world view that's our collosion stance we have the rock right here I read it to you at the beginning of the podcast okay that's our biblical world that's our standard. That's the rock in which we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So again, my ethics, my belief systems are driven. My behavior should be driven ethically. Okay? The world observes our ethics. And we have to have a theonomy, a divine rule over us, that drives our ethical behaviors. I like Psalms one hundred nineteen, ninety seven through ninety nine where it says, Oh how I love your law. It's my meditation all day. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are they are ever with me. I have under I have more understanding than all my teachers for for your testimonies are my meditation. So again he Says your worldview, your worldview makes me wiser than all my teachers. I think as your teachers in college, as your teachers start putting out a lot of this crazy um, gender confusion, you know, this, this global warming, this, all, all this crazy philosophical ideas of humanism, when they, get, when they start preaching communism, Marxism, when they start coming out with all this stuff, you have a biblical worldview. You build your life on the rock. You are smarter than your teachers. You cannot just throw those things away because you're being built, rooted, and grounded in Christ Jesus. See, the 11th commandment mindset, okay? The 11th commandment mindset number one, um, is this. Number one, the proclamation of impairments backed by divine authority is not very persuasive today. In other words, it's not, God's word is antiquated. It, it just kind of doesn't go. Here's another perspective of the 11 commandment mind- mindset. The Bible no longer directs all of life because its requirements are deemed stifling and are viewed in the advance, viewed in advance, unreasonable. Oh, we don't like it. We, it's unreasonable. It makes us uncomfortable. They're gonna call me a homophobe. They're gonna call me a xenophobe. They're gonna call me. They're gonna call me some type of name. They're gonna label me. They're gonna put me in a corner. Here's another one. Men, repudiant the interference in their lives, repudiate the interference in their lives represented by God's commandments, okay? They don't like the commands. They don't believe God commands anything. They think God just recommends things. Well, what about 1 John chapter 3, verse 4? Where it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep all His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. So those that are out there saying that the word of God, the commandments of God are burdensome, they're fighting directly with God's word. Again, this is autonomous. they don't they, they're a rule to themselves their feelings drive all their behaviors. The autonomy the, the autonomy is is self-centered okay That's how they live. they are the rule. Number four, contemporary philosophers Graeme de Graf says this okay this is a philosopher says, there's no room in morality for commands. Whether they are, far, whether they are the fathers, the schoolmasters, or the priests, there's still no room for them when they are God's commands. In other words, they want God completely out of their mindset. They want God completely out of their thinking. They want God completely out of their ethics, their behaviors, their thought patterns, their belief systems, their educational systems. That's philosopher Graeme de Grafé said. That's his statement. I don't care if it's the father in the home that commands the children to do things. Well, let's go to church, let's let's make your bed, let's no command. The schoolmasters, okay, the, the teachers, whether they're demanding kids to do things, the priests commanding the word of God be relevant, there's still no room for them when they are God's commands. So what they're basically saying in anything, as long as the as long as the father is giving them false thinking, false you know, sand to build off of, it's fine. But if you give them the rock, the solid rock, if you come into Colossians, all things were made by him, for him, through him, and to him. In him, all things consist. If you, if you get into that type of rock, then there's no command, then, then there's no room for this. And how does this get into the church? How does this um, antinomianism get into the church? It's easy. This is how they found it. Here's their mantra. You've heard this all the time. I thank God. I thank God that as a reformed Christian, I worship a God of grace and not a God of rules. How how many of you heard that? Well, I have a relationship with God. What does that mean? What does that mean? This is how they get this stuff in. They get it through the pulpit through liberal christians liberal liberal uh theologians guys that go to major universities and then they come out and they write books under the title of doctrine and they push this garbage out i thank god that as a reformed christian i worship a god of grace and not a god of rules everything has rules basketball all sports have rules we have driving rules we have all kinds of rules for everything what would happen if everybody did what was just graceful what was just what was just what they all they wanted to do. Autonomous. What if everybody was autonomous, where they did what was right in their own eyes? What would the streets look like? Have you ever? Have, I've been to Thailand. Okay, I was driven. I I drove in Thailand a few times. What a train wreck, man! Now what you talk about crashes everywhere. Why? Because people do not follow rules. There's rules to everything. You, from a simple card game to a simple to to parking lot. There, there's rules for everything. Cut it out. But how do they get into the church? By reformed thinking. Reformed thinking. I serve a God of grace, not a God of rules. Where they? What are they attacking? They're attacking God's approach. Again, First John five. Three, First John, the epistle of John says this, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. I'd read that before, but it's re- it reiterates that when you love God, His demands on your life are not burdensome. When you, when you have tota scriptura, Not just sola scriptura, the the Bible, okay, all of scripture. But you believe everything in the Bible. You believe something is applicable to you. You believe there's a principle alive in the scriptures for you. You believe that God's word is God's word. And he's speaking to you. This idea, this idea has to be dealt with. That I serve a God of grace, not a God of rules. See, even marriage, you have rules in marriage. Things you can and cannot do. There's rules. What happens when somebody does a rule, does something that uh, breaks the rules? Why do you think you have marriage vows? Those are rules. Those are rules you promise to live by. you got an honor to live by. Right? Those are rules, marriage vows. Watch this. Let's look at let's look at this 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 uh, this burdensome thing of grace that you know because grace you know we serve a God of grace not a God of rules well let's look at let's look at let's look at this grace Titus chapter 2 11 through 15 for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust so grace is a teacher grace is a rock marry that up with with Matthew. Seven twenty-four through 29. Marry that thought up. If grace is a teacher, Jesus says, if you hear my words and do my words, I'll liken you as a wise man who built his house on the rock. So grace will build your house on the rock also. He, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly thus, we should live soberly, righteousness and godly in this present age. So I don't care what this present age is telling you. Okay, the 11th commandment mindset—you know—that that that, you know God's interfering with my freedoms. You know, the Bible uh, no longer directs my life because it's too stifling. I can't do what I want to do. I can't feel the way I want to feel, and that the Bible has no persuasive authority over us today because it's it's antiquated. Oh, this is this is this is something we have to wrap our minds around. You that are raising children. You that have kids in high school. You that have kids in, in, um, in, uh, in intermediate school. This is what they're being developed. They're, they're, they're saying that, you know what? You don't need God's rule over your life. Do what you feel. But this is what grace does. Grace is a teacher. Don't let a preacher get off the hook. When you hear this, we, we don't serve a God of rules. Oh, yes, he has rules. Everything has rules. Everything has rules. They're called laws. There's laws of gravity. There's laws. There's laws all over the place. John 14, 15. Well, John 14, 15, you can read second, you can read Titus 2, 11 through 15 as we go along. Okay. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. See, to acknowledge God's law, to acknowledge them, to embrace them is to love Him. It's to love him. It's to demonstrate love and honor and respect for him. You come under a theonomy. You come under a theonomy. You come, you come away from autonomous thinking, autonomous living, to where you're a law to yourself. Antinomian, antinomianism that, that tells you that we're, you don't have any obligation to God's rules and laws and, and God's, God's uh, commands. We've had preachers that have pulled us away from those type our uh, type of uh, the type of theonomy. They pull you away from any obligation to God's word. Be careful for that. Be careful for the, the this dangerous preaching that that pulls you away from responsibility to the commands of God. Psalms 19:7 says this, "The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the souls, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple." Why do we need Why do we need Christian ethics? Why do we need a biblical worldview? Why do we need a theonomy? Where Theo, God,onomy, law, where we need God's laws to govern us. Why do we need them? Because we need to build our life on the rock. Because behaviors must exude our relationship with the Lord. And it's the laws of God. It's the laws of God that drive our behaviors. And I know the world wants you to build your life on sand. sand. Preachers want you to build their life on sand. That's the 11th commandment. Preacher wants that. I want you to to build your life on the rock. On the word of God. I want you to understand Colossians 1, chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 15, 16, and 17. Memorize those verses. Because you are to be built up. Rooted and grounded in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He is the rule, the draw, that, that He is the rule for good and evil. He's the rule for that. He is the tree of life. He is our all and our all. So God bless you. I pray you enjoyed this today, a little discussion on the ethics, Christianity, and the ethics of a Christian. We must break this 11 commandment mindset. I'm so glad I serve a God of grace and not a God of law because I don't want a God that tells me what to do. I don't want a God that tells me no. I don't want a God that tells me that, that I can't do this because it's too restrictive, because I'm feeling this. I want a God that lets me be whoever I want to be, not who He created me to be. We got to break this. And we do this by a theonomy. Sola Scriptura. Tota Scriptura. Fall in love with Jesus. Live by His Word. Build your life on the rock. Ethically. Because in the life of the Christian, everything is ethics. God bless you. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on Prophetic Whispers. Bye-bye.